0: Don't call it a comb I'll have hair for years.
1: Wake up in the morning feeling like Pete Diddy. Hey, up, Grab girl? my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night. Coming back. I'm talking. Live
2: from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Uh, and we've got uh,
0: Mike Mayock saying bubble butt uh, three different times. This is the press box. Like when they're deciding to draft a player, is that what they talk about? Well, like Gruden's like, oh, he's a yes. football player. And Mayock's
3: like, no, no, this guy's got a bubble yeah. butt. Or the best thing in the world for them would be to have both. <laughs> With Grady and Bischoff. Like you're not only a football player, but you have a bubble butt and you don't pull your groin. I mean, if you can get that trifecta, then you've got something.
2: Audi ESPN Las Vegas.
3: The bubble butt, who knows what position he played, and um and don't pull your groin. If they could have that, they could I mean they could win the division if you have a bunch of those guys. Bunch of bubble butt football players. Yes, from Clemson. Heck <laughs> with an open. High card, baby! High card! Two wins yesterday. Wow, and a last place. Yes. So you had like the perfect day. Uh, we have Did you get like chicken Chick-fil-A? I mean, that might have been like your perfect
0: day. We have two races scheduled during the show. <laughs> oh, my God. 7.54 and 8.54 for high card.
3: Well, good, because we're doing
0: Olympic updates. Yes. You'll be able to watch both <laughs> of them. <laughs> so get ready. My and fake horse, superstar in the making.
3: Good for you. I'm excited. The First Bite.
4: How will Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC impact UNLV and the mountain West it's
3: a tough one is it gonna ripple down that far like do you, like yeah that's a great part like how far does how far will this ripple
0: down because if you're the big 12 you have to do something
3: yeah or you gonna because fall apart
0: you're gonna you're, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving like, yes it's, it's like we the first time this report came out. Like, your point was there's a lot of smoke here, so it's it's probably real or there's something real behind it. I'm still surprised how quickly this is happening. Like, it went from Texas and Oklahoma were talking to the SEC about joining the SEC, and then all of a sudden it was, yep, yeah, they're gone. It's
3: It's a done deal. This is a, this is, a, and I, I'm more surp- I'm more surprised. Like when we hear things that kept secret, like Craig Thompson the other day, when he said like they kept secret the uh, playoff expansion for that long, and with social media, I'm like, how did that happen? This was a prominent Big Twelve, uh, 12 source, the American Statesman in, uh, in in Austin on the move. They've been working on this for a minimum of six months. A and M was kept out of the loop. I think A and M was kept out of the loop because obviously they didn't want Texas anywhere near the SEC for obvious reasons. So, yeah, it's it's like the Mark Bedane re- resignation. Like I think we're always shocked when things happen and we haven't heard about today's age in 2021 with sources and media and Twitter. So I got to believe they've been talking about this longer than the, the last yeah. week. I yeah. mean, you don't make this kind of move without having serious discussions. I just can't believe it didn't leak out. Yeah, so, but if
0: you're the Big 12, if they leave, and it certainly appears as though they're leaving, you're going down to eight teams. And your marquee team at that point is... Oklahoma State, Kansas basketball, like uh, I don't I don't know what your marquee team is anymore.
3: Uh, well, the two the two techs, well, Baylor They've been good in the last, like, They've been good in the last few years. years and, and by the way, they fell then. off on football last year. Yeah. They got up in basketball. You know, not Texas Tech. I've been to Lubbock. No offense. Uh, <laughs> Imagine TCU Lubbock, because it's in the Fort Worth area? Like, yeah. we're begging here to, right. like, find a team. They all kind of have something, but none of them have, oh, that's the team. Right.
0: So you're an eight-team conference, and, you know, you're still better than the Mountain West, but not by much at that point. So if you're the Big 12... Like you've got to do something, and so that could mean you know the I think that the easiest thing to envision is the Big Twelve sort of raids either the AAC or mm-hmm. the Mountain West or both, right? Where they add say Boise State or they go for the big markets and try to go after uh, San Diego State or a UNLV or the ones that make more sense is probably the AAC where you know Houston- power
3: six we saw the commercials. <laughs>
0: Houston's a good team. I don't know how much they help the Big 12 because they're already in Texas, but Houston's a solid uh, mid-major program. Memphis is fairly close uh, regionally and has had good football recently and has a good basketball history. So if you're the Big 12, you've got to do something. Those are the ones that's the easiest to make sense of. Cincinnati? Yeah, Cincinnati would be a good one. The location isn't great, but they have West Virginia. So that might actually – they might say, hey, we found a travel partner for West Virginia. So, And they could go to Florida too if they were just like, screw it. We're just going to – we don't care about regionality. We're just going to go at Central Central Florida Florida. or South Florida or both or whatever. So that's sort of – if the Big 12 does that, I guess the question would be what happens –
3: To the AAC, yeah, and then it just keeps going down. Right,
0: because then, okay, the AAC now is looking at it. They've got a lot of teams. They could probably lose two and not do anything. They could just, I mean, it would hurt them, but they could lose, say, Houston and Cincinnati, and they They could still go 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 on existing with the teams they have. But then does the Big Ten, like, feel a need to respond to any of this? Does the Pac-12 feel a need to respond to any of this and add teams To get to 16 because the SEC is going to be at 16 teams and they are far and away going to have the best programs in college football. Even though Texas has been mostly irrelevant for like two, we're almost at two decades of Texas having been like a legitimate national title contender, even though it's still Texas. They're still the highest revenue generating athletic department in the country. It's
3: insane how much more money they have than the most people. Um, Look, you're, you're exactly right, because when these things happen, it's just the domino effect and keep people keep moving up. When it comes to UNLV, and I I think it'd be a long way to get to them. Now, I'll say a few things about UNLV, and you and I have kind of gone back and forth uh, always kidding about facilities. So they would say – I'll tell you what UNLV would say. They have a Legion Stadium. They would say that's important. I don't know if it's important. I don't know. They have improved. Jared went he can speak on this. They have a medical school, they have a law school. Again, <laughs> did Jared go to the medical school? No, but so, school? something, you know, that's, I mean, I accidentally walked in there <laughs> one time. And I, went, mean, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. But I, you know, conferences always say that, whether that's not, whether that's true or not, we want a tier one, we want a tier one university, tier two. But at the end of the day, this is about the one thing they stink at so far, and that's football. Yeah. It's about football, and I told you the story about Bill Self's comment when they were going to expand in the Big Twelve, and they asked him. He goes, "What do you ask me for?" It's about football. They said, "Your football team stinks." He goes, "It doesn't matter." He goes, "We could win the national championship every year." It's a, you know, it's it's about football. What are we, the forty something market? Uh, Thirty eight or nine. Oh, something. okay. Like that. I thought we were worse, but uh,
4: they've been fluctuates. so
3: bad at football. Let me ask you this: Does this discussion end there, or or does all the other things say, "Well, let's just hope"? They can turn this around if we put them in a better league. They have better recruiting. I, I don't know, but if that's what it's based on, that's not the first team they're looking at. So it depends on what, like, and, and if we'll
0: use the Pac-12 as an example. If we say the Pac-12 decides we need to add because the you're losing some teams, because, because, or, or, or you need, or, to add, or you just the need SEC to add. goes to 16, the right. Big Ten says, well, we're going to 16, right. and the Pac-12 says, well, we need to get to 16. Yeah.
4: Can we drop the numbers then?
0: No, no, you got to keep them. That, that's the charm of college football, Jared. We will one day have a 20-team Big Ten, and it's going to be great. But, like, so if you're the Pac-12, the first place you're looking is to poach Big 12 schools. Like, yes, that's the first place you're going. Absolutely. Because you're saying, hey, Texas, you Texas, want Texas. Tech. Hey, Baylor. Yeah, you want Texas. Hey, I don't know if they want the state of Oklahoma, but hey, Oklahoma State. You want Texas. You want to come play with yes. us, right? Texas that's the first schools, place yes. they look. Now, again, if the Big 12 manages to add Houston and Cincinnati, and they say, we're good going forward with this, then maybe the Big 12 schools don't leave for the Pac-12. And then it comes to, okay, does the Pac-12 want to add Mountain West schools? And the question is, what's important to them? Because we saw when the Big Ten expanded, they added three schools. They added Nebraska, which is not a television market, but is a good, traditionally good football program. That's why they added But then they added Maryland and Rutgers. Maryland and Rutgers were really weird Those were television market ads. They wanted to get into New York, and they wanted to get into the Maryland, D.C. DC area. area. Yeah, And that's why they added Maryland and Rutgers. So if you're the Pac-12, if the Pac-12 says, hey, we want to make an addition like a Maryland Rutgers to the Big Ten, then UNLV has a chance. Because if you're looking at markets on the West Coast, Las Vegas is like the biggest market that they're not in.
3: What's San Diego?
0: They're kind of already in it because they're in California. Like Do so you think the issue. they take them? If, if, if they expand like yes. four teams. Well, if their decision was what television markets can we get into. Right. Now, if their decision is what are the best athletic departments for us to get, then San Diego State's at the top, Boise State's at the top. If they don't care as much about the television markets, it's San Diego State, Boise State, and hell, even Colorado State's probably up Maybe there. Maybe Fresno. Too. Right. But if they care, hey, what television market helps us grow our potential revenue? Then UNLV has a legitimate shot.
3: Then I would say they have a legitimate shot because everything's about television. Yeah, because that's the only thing that matters mostly. And on the West Coast,
0: I mean, Las Vegas is the one. San you could argue San Diego because they're not technically in San Diego, but all their stuff is already broadcast there anyway. So it's not like they're not they can't be viewed in San Diego. So that that's where UNLV fits in. Is you have to hope that. The Big 12 doesn't fall apart and that the Pac-12 decides, well, we need to add teams
3: because the rest of these conferences are going to 16. I don't think the Big 12 will fall apart. I think they're going to go get some teams. Now, they're not going to be as good, well, obviously. Okay. But the question on that is, okay,
0: say you're Texas Tech, and we'll just throw Baylor in there as well. You're Texas Tech and Baylor. Oklahoma and Texas leave your conference, and your conference is talking about, okay, we're going to try to add Houston and Cincinnati and push ahead with 10 teams. If you're Texas Tech and Baylor and you get an invitation from the Pac-12, aren't you going? Mm. Don't you feel like, even though the Pac-12 gets beat up on all the time, isn't the current Pac-12 better than what the Big 12 will be going ahead without Texas and Oklahoma? Yes. So if you're Texas and Baylor, aren't you viewing that as more stable? I mean... The the Big 12 has been destroyed by conference realignment.
3: Well, Colorado,
0: I'm, A&M, Missouri, Nebraska, yeah. all gone, and now, Oklahoma and, now Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas. They've been destroyed by this. And if you're Texas Tech and Baylor, or whoever the Pac-12 would invite, I think you're looking at it saying, yeah, we, we'd much rather be in well, the Pac-12.
3: And that's what you said at the beginning in terms of the dominoes, how how far it falls. Um if I'm the Pac-12, obviously I go to those. I go to the Texas schools first. Absolutely. I don't care about San Diego State or UNLV at oh, that point. No. They're like the last. Yes. you know they're in the last room of people are saying no to us, and you got to expand, and we'll see different things. And they don't want to. I know this for. I know this for a fact. Let's take San Diego State. They've never wanted anything to do with them because they beat them on recruiting and everything else anyway. Like they're like, why do? Why would we bring them in and give them the opportunity to recruit in the Pac-12? Not so much UNLV because Pac-12s can come into Nevada and get whoever right. they want. But you're right in terms of it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to TV market. Like I said, maybe they explain away the football here at UNLV by saying, look, you put them in the Pac-12. They have better recruiting avenues. They do have the NFL stadium. They will get better over time if they have the right coaching staff, if they have the right you know, structure to get them forward in football because they're just not good at football. Um, but they're, like you said, there's a lot of other things that UNLV that they could explain. It's like, well, we want yeah. the market. Their academics have improved greatly. They have a medical – they could say a lot of things to their membership that would, I think, convince the – to say, okay, if Baylor says no, if all these Big 12 schools say no, then we should look at them.
4: Our media day can be in Las Vegas.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's already here. No, that's the thing about the Pac-12. You could say, but look, you can have your basketball tournament here. We've already got it. You can have your football championship here. We're already there. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing Vegas could offer in that sense that Pac-12 wouldn't say, yeah. wait a minute, we're already in. You can be in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl. We're already in it. The LVCVA has screwed UNLV <laughs> by, by taking by everything
0: letting the Pac-12, in the Pac-12 have yes. everything here without the UNLV. Yes. They screwed them. Completely screwed uh, UNLV. But that's that – you're right that <laughs> – if you were comparing UNLV to just Mountain West schools, you can make a really good argument that they're the best school to add from the Mountain West. Yes, yes. You got to ignore that the football team. Yes,
3: Newberg football. but but the market. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, the again, academics aren't a plus, but they're not a negative No, but it's either.
3: also something – again, when you're explaining to university presidents, you say that. I don't think to the sports people it means anything. No, not at all. Because I'll tell you, I'm not going to name them. You, If you know the Pac-12, you know what I'm talking about. There's not, there are some non-great academic institutions <laughs> there. Hello, 98% acceptance rate. But when you go to the presidents who have to sign off on this, say, hey, they added a medical school. Hey, Boyd Law. Hey, they have all this. So if I'm a president, I might not like the football, but I'm like, well, I can explain that away. Yeah. Like I can say, yeah, let's take them. Yeah. And
0: listen, I feel like it's been this way since I moved here, but everybody always thinks, well, if UNLV ever figures it out, they could have a really good football program there, just given the city that it's in. And now that they have the facilities, like everybody thinks this. Can I say that you potential. just did the quotes with the, facilities yes, the because you're not a facility guy? But like <laughs> everyone makes the argument that UNLV has the potential. So if I'm in the Pac-12. And I'm saying, hey, we're going to add UNLV. I think it's pretty easy to explain away. Well, hey, yes. they've been bad at football. Yes. Well, they'll be good in the future because they have the yeah. facilities and they're yeah. in a good market. And you if, can explain. And
3: if, you can take UNLV and explain it away to your presence to where they'll say yes. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think take away Baylor and Ob- the obvious Ob- schools that are better in terms of uh, if you wanted them. If you get to the Mountain West level, I think UNLV is at or near the top. Yeah. That I you would take. It's it would be UNLV,
0: San Diego State, Boise State. Colorado State are probably. And the Boise's top four. interesting
3: because they're yeah. not going to have what the others have. What's right. their market?
0: Right. The the reason you would like if you're the if you're the Pac twelve, I could see them if they were like, We're gonna add four Mountain West schools, right?
3: Well Boise would get in because of football. Right. You
0: would say, okay, we'll add UNLV because of the television market right. and we'll counterbalance that with Boise State, right. who doesn't have a television market but, market, but is really good at the sport. So that would be your counterbalance. Coming up next, the NFL is gonna make teams forfeit if they don't have enough players to play because of COVID. Yeah,
2: there's a certain Las Vegas
0: Raider that's not happy with that.
2: I got the vaccine just because, you know, I wanted to put myself in the best situation to be out there for my team uh, week in and week out. But, uh, I mean, not everyone feels that strongly or maybe other people, you know, still have their view of vaccines and, like, you can't force someone to do something that they don't want to do with their body. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff.
0: That was not Jalen Richard. That was Ezekiel Elliott. So the NFL has basically taken the same line that we have seen the SEC, the Big 12, and even the Mountain West uh, take in the last couple of weeks. And that is this season. If a team's roster is decimated because of COVID, they are not going to you're going to get a forfeit, right? I'm sure the NFL will work and try to help. Hey, we'll push it back to Monday or something like that. If, if needed, if that can help, but if you have a roster of decimated players because of COVID, you are going to get a loss. You are going to get a forfeit in the standings. And the way to mitigate that is to have your players vaccinated because vaccinated players, while they will have to miss time, if they test positive, Vaccinated players will not have to miss time if they are in close contact, whereas unvaccinated players will. This is basically our sports leagues taking the stance of, listen, get vaccinated and we can have as normal of a season as possible. If you don't get vaccinated, your team's going to get penalized for it. We then saw players responding to this. DeAndre Hopkins tweeted and then deleted. Never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine – is making me question my future in the NFL. He ended up deleting that tweet.
3: Well, the agent called and said, Hey, DeAndre, <laughs> you know this means you lose the money too. Because uh, would he, I think he would have lost like 20 million bucks <laughs> yeah, if so, he had retired. Hold on, hold on there. Um,
0: but also here in Vegas, uh, Jalen Richard tweeted, I encourage all unvaccinated players to read the rules. Know them like you know your plays. We playing in jail this year, and you should act as such. The only benefit we have is we still get tested every day. But protect yourselves this season. Play ball and go home. Sad, but a must.
3: I told you during the break, I, I misconstrued that tweet until I called the wife in the office and she goes, you're an idiot, this is what it means. He obviously, he's a non-vaxxer, and he's saying that you know they're trying to put them in jail. Um, look, I'll, I'll preface it with this. I'm all for the rule. I, I'm all for these conferences in the NFL doing it. If't If you can't get vaccinated and you have the less numbers, then forfeit it out, you shouldn't be given the opportunity to delay games and to delay an entire season because you don't have enough guys who will get vaccinated. I think correct me if I'm wrong, I was talking to um, Adam about this yesterday I, The Raiders had a lot of COVID issues last year, right? They had yes. guys in and yeah. out, but I don't think they would have forfeited a game under this umbrella. Uh no, they no, the, they wouldn't have. I don't think they would have the forfeited closest the
0: closest they were was when their offensive line was out, but they all came, they just mispracticed. They were all right, back in time right. for that game against Tampa Bay.
3: Not a hot take. I'm going to say no games are forfeited. Probably not. I
0: mean they they got through last year now. Again, what the NFL had to do last year was move games. Well, they didn't move
3: games which they won't we, this year. I get we had we had a game on Tuesday right, last right. year.
0: So that that's was great. Yeah.
3: I
4: will say I will say <laughs> the only good thing was Ooh, we got Tuesday night football. football, yeah.
0: So there's, yes, that's what the NFL, I don't, they're not even going to try to do that this year. I don't even think they're going to say, hey, we'll push it back to Tuesday. I don't think they're going to do that. I just don't think anyone's forfeiting. Right. And I don't think so either, because I think at the end of the day, enough players are going to get vaccinated that teams are going to have players to play. Now, again, if DeAndre Hopkins isn't vaccinated and he is in close contact on like a Thursday or Friday, he's not playing. Now, the the Cardinals are going to have other wide receivers. Correct. But. They just won't have DeAndre Hopkins.
3: Leonard Fournette as well. Yes, uh, deleted the tweet. It's it's interesting to me. I, I make I make a joke about the agent. I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it is the agent who said not the money's one thing, but he's like, hey, do you really want to put yourself out there? Let's let's just think about this. I was interested that they deleted the tweets. They're not. I don't think Jalen Richard did he. I don't think he he deleted uh, it. Let me check. I'd like to know if he deleted it because his his was the oh, most. Oh, he did. Who's having them deleted? I say the agents probably. Who, I mean, did Gruden call him up?
0: Okay, well, okay, the way these players are responding to it, I feel like if a coach called them and said, hey, delete the tweet, they'd say no. They'd be like, you're just trying to do it. You're trying to control you're trying me trying more. To, you, you, Taylor make Richard's me tweet was about being in jail. Yes. So he feels like he's being controlled. So if his coach called him and this said, is, hey, delete it, he'd say no. Just, uh, there's
4: a level of selfishness to these tweets that are just yes. infuriating. Yes. Yes. Like, I don't care about the rest of the population. What about me? Why
3: won't someone think about me? How much do you guys believe it will carry over into separation of locker rooms? Like, we, you know, the whole thing about locker rooms, you never know what's going on behind. They don't let the media know. That's fine, whatever happens in the locker room. But how much do you truly believe it will carry over and leaders of a team, Tom Brady, will get in someone's face and say, hey. You have to do this. I mean, or do you think guys are like, you know what? It's their choice. It might not happen until someone forfeits. Yes. And if someone forfeits, like, now hold
0: on. I think that might be the key there because take, we've talked about like the mindset of football players and coaches. If you forget that it's COVID or a pandemic, right? And imagine any other scenario where it's like, hey, you need to do X to decrease our team's chances of having to forfeit a game. And lose money. Every single player in the NFL is doing that sure. because their teammates are pressuring them to do it and the coaches are pressuring them to do it. So if it wasn't COVID, I think you'd have like tremendous shame from all players and coaches to the guys that were not vaccinated. But because it's COVID, because it's this whole personal choice thing that we hear, I think people are a little more hesitant to try to shame them. I think it was Tyron Matthew said yesterday, listen, I'm not going to criticize somebody right. who doesn't get it, but... You get into the season, yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they have to forfeit a game because six players six guys on their defense aren't vaccinated or something. I guess it would have to be more than that, but you know what? But yeah, like I think that's when it becomes real for these teams, where it's like, what the hell are you doing? And even if they don't have to forfeit, even if it's just, hey, you six are starters on the defense, you didn't get vaccinated, you were all close. Everyone's contact, up from the practice squad, and you guys aren't playing. Right. And yeah, and it's practice squad guys that are playing instead, and they lose because the defense gives up forty-two. Yeah, I think that the shame becomes massive and it says what the hell are you guys doing? Because in football, we the most important thing at all times is winning the damn next yes. game. That's yes. all we ever hear That's from all they these care people. About. And this makes it harder to do that because A, you might not get to play it and B, even if you do, you might be stuck with guys that just got called up that were Jared Jones Smith signed off the street playing in games.
3: I think I think it's a good policy. I don't think it'll ever be enforced. I mean, I think I think it has a better chance. This is strange. I think it might have a better chance in college. I don't think the NFL will forfeit a game.
0: Did you see um, Steve Adazio, who's the head coach at Boston College? He said that they are mandating all of their players and coaches be vaccinated, and that he had one player
3: refuse,
0: and they helped him transfer out.
3: Well. And I think Sabin said they're 100%. Did he? Okay, I he missed said, that. said, wow, what a shock there. We got talked it. about him. He's giving everyone the shot. <laughs> but, um, look, again, I, I was talking to my son about it. he's mad. You know, oh, we got to put masks back on. I go, hey, it's their company. If they tell you to put a mask on or you, you don't walk yeah. in, then you're not walking in. Right. Then don't go there. Right. Don't go to the gym that you want to go. And, don't go to the restaurant you want to. He's, you know, very angry. I'm like, hey, you have a choice. Right. So if I'm Steve Azzi and I said everyone does it or you're transferring out, that's his program.
0: When Jalen Richard says they're in jail because of this, that's one of the biggest like misconceptions because playing in the NFL is not a right. Nobody's infringing no. on Jalen Richard's rights. No, nobody's making him get the vaccine, but nobody like nobody's infringing on his rights. The NFL, his employer is just saying, listen, if you don't do X, this is what we're going to do. Right. You. You're going to have to test every he day. Pay- and, he plays for them. Right. Like, and, and to be fair to Jalen Richard, he actually sounds like he's accepting of it. Because he was like, the only benefit is we still get tested right. every day, but protect yourselves, play ball, and go home. Like,
3: he sounds like like Yeah, accepted. he's not saying go out and be crazy, right. and if you're not vaccinated, I like, get that.
0: He, he doesn't even sound like he's
3: trying to fight back against the NFL. He's just saying, hey, I'm not getting the vaccine, and this sucks. So, Do, do you think his agent called and said, beware of the Joker? Because if the Joker's <laughs> well, as good as they think he is, I, I wouldn't put myself I, out there as someone who could be cut. I, I'm starting to think that, like,
4: not joking, they've literally brought in Kenyon Drake because they're like, well, at least he'll be vaccinated. We won't ever lose him during the season. <laughs> it better not for $11 million. <laughs> we'll give you a, maybe that was, maybe <laughs> we'll that give was you the condition. He was, he, was like, he was like $7 <laughs> yeah. million and they're like, all right, what if we bump it up to
3: 10
0: <laughs> Then I'm Whoa. getting vaccinated. Yes. That's, the, that's the stipulation. That's a good guarantee. point on
3: Jalen Richard's tweet, though. He doesn't say, don't get vaccinated and do whatever you want. Right. He is, he's, he's saying, he's "Don't practice and get him. home and don't, don't yeah. do anything. He's saying it sucks, but he's very accepting
0: of the situation. He's just letting us know that he's, he's not, not vaccinated. vaccinated. All right, coming up next, Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus joins the show.
2: This is the local delicacy known as Skyline Chili. The five-way with the spaghetti and the beans and the cheese. Five way first, the, uh, the disgusting chili gravy. And what do you then put on the that? onions? Do you put some mustard or something? No, on no, it? No, wait a second, when the, after the onions comes the cheese, and that's what makes it the five way. Here we go, is the cheese. They put like 10 tons of shredded cheese on there, and this is supposed to be food that you actually eat. Now, does the cheese melt, or is that a, a Ronnie, Ronnie, have you ever had skyline chill? I, I have not. I would recommend... Not out of Well, no. You, you need to try everything once. Okay. Right? All right. It doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Try it once, and then you'll never eat it again. We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Findlay Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. That was the New York Mets
0: broadcast breaking down skyline chili in Cincinnati and joining us now from pro football focus is Austin Gale. Austin, how long have you been living in Cincinnati?
1: I have been here for a little over four years now which is absolutely absurd and uh, I never thought I'd be here this long. I told my friends in San Diego that I'd be back in a year but here we are.
0: (laughs) Have you had skyline chili?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) I will it is I don't understand how skyline So this is the thing. Skyline Chili is objectively disgusting. But somehow their advertising, including the advertisement we saw during that baseball game, makes it look worse than you could even perceive. And that I don't understand. I just don't understand how, and you would be surprised, Cincinnati locals fight for Skyline Chili. Like, there's no other. They are backing it like they back the Bengals and the Reds every single year.
3: It's White Castle.
1: It, it, it's it's White, Castle.
3: White Castle. Okay. I mean it it's three in it's three in the morning White Castle. White Castle. Like you go okay. there and people are like, You gotta stay you live in Indiana, you better get it. Like what?
0: But I would eat it's White wild. Castle. I, do eat? I, uh, okay. I would not eat Skyline Chili. No. <laughs> I would not Austin I'm that. I'm
3: Austin, I'm with you because I left San Diego. Back in three years, it's been thirteen in Nevada.
0: <laughs> <so>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. I've never been to Cincinnati.
0: Is this like you go to a restaurant and it's just like Everyone's eating it. Like, how frequently do you see other people eating Skyline Chili?
1: Dude, daily. This is, it's like a chain. It, it is. It is Cincinnati or Ohio's version of In-N-Out, but In-N-Out is like fifty times better. That's that's what that's what that Cincinnati Skyline Chili is.
0: Okay, so in the NFL, we had the NFL say yesterday: there's not going to be. You're going to get forfeits if you don't have enough players to play because of COVID. We saw responses from DeAndre Hopkins and Leonard Fournette and here in Vegas, Jalen Richard. Um, what do you make first off of just the NFL saying, hey, we're not going to break our backs to reschedule games. You're just going to get a loss.
1: Say that again. I missed you. We're chopping you up there.
0: Sorry. I just said, what do you make of just the NFL saying, hey, we're not going to, you know, bend over backwards to reschedule games. You're just going to get a loss if you have too many players out.
1: I mean, not just a loss. The NFL is saying, hey, if you guys mess with our money, you guys are going to pay for it. Not only does the team get a loss, you know, none of the team's players get paid. You're going to get heavy, heavy fines to pay for the TV contract and all the other expenses that would have gone into that game. And the other team that was supposed to be in that game doesn't get paid. They're saying, buddy, you aren't getting anything. We are keeping all of our money if you do anything that costs us the game. And that. Again, it's harsh, and for the team that say doesn't have a COVID outbreak that obviously gets a win but doesn't get paid for that game, that is brutal, man. The NFL is saying you better get vaccinated or you, you, we're, we're, you are going to pay a lot of money this year, teams and players.
3: Austin, uh, we talked about this before you came on. What, give us the percentage you actually think this could happen, and if it came close to happening or happening, how much do you truly believe in an NFL, NFL locker room? Will it have to happen for the peer pressure of guys to get in other guys' faces at some point?
1: I mean, I think it's going to happen very soon, and I think it's, it's already been happening. I think, you know, in a, you know, no player wants to get to a situation beforehand before they even found out they might not get paid for getting COVID and enforcing them to miss practices and these things. But now that you find, you know, we're not going to get paid if we have a COVID outbreak, but, you know, I think we see now that more than half the league has, I think, 80 percent plus vaccination rates. You're going to see a lot of players pressure players to get vaccinated. And you talk about roster cuts. If you're a fringe roster player and one of them's vaccinated, one of them's not, see you later. Like, you're not going to be on this football team. We're not going to cost us our, ourselves a game for a player that might not even play 50 snaps in a year but isn't vaccinated.
0: Does it work? Like, at the end of the day, do you think we have 85-plus percent of NFL players vaccinated by the time the season starts?
1: I think so. I think this is going to really, really drive up vaccination rates by a significant degree there will it's not going to be hundred percent. I would not be surprised if we see you know, percentages clear 90 for the team.
0: You tweeted about uh, positional value. We talked to you a lot about positional value around here. And I'm wondering what you thought of the Fred Warner deal and the linebacker market.
1: I, I'm not, I'm not super surprised. Fred Warner is the best young linebacker in the game. We call him the best linebacker under 25 years old, you know, in the NFL this off season. I think he is that good. He is a player that is rare in what he's able to do from a sideline to sideline perspective and in coverage <laughs> However, I mean, we do see that, you know, paying off-ball linebackers in the past, you know, CJ Mosley, Quan Alexander, you pay the wrong one and it'll cost you dearly. But I do think that Fred Warner is the right one. I also, and with, I think Darius Leonard's going to make more. Darius Leonard is going to come out with a $19 million plus contract. And then soon after that, you got to think about Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, the, you know, uh, that, that, those are players as well. Devin White that are going to get a lot of money. I think you can see this linebacker market boom a little bit, maybe even hit the $20 million per year mark.
3: Uh, I want to ask you also, there was a story written uh, this week I, I, I read about second-year players and who's going to take the biggest jump. We talk so much about Henry Ruggs in this town because you know he was such a high pick for them and what happened his first year. But we don't talk a lot about Brian Edwards and what happened there. He had some injuries and what he was supposed to be for them. Well, one, he didn't do much, but do you see any jump in Brian Edwards? Like Talk about him because we we talk about Ruggs so much, but he, he kind of becomes the forgotten guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting. I, I do think that they want John Brown and Henry Ruggs to kind of be the featured pieces there. Obviously, Darren Waller at the tight end. So it would be interesting to see how he fits in. I know Willie Sneed's going to compete for a spot in the slot as well. Like, At what point does Brian Edwards earn snaps above some of these other guys at the Raiders? In And I, I think he could be the fourth, fifth receiver on the, on the books. And then if injuries hit, he starts to see a bump in target volume. I know a lot of people are excited about him coming out of South Carolina. I, for one, was not as high on Brian Edwards. Coming out of South Carolina, as others were, he had the highest percentage of receiving yards on screens. I mean, are you going to be forcing screens to Brian Edwards in the NFL? I don't think so. I'm interested to see like how he actually fits in. I would not be surprised if he's fourth or fifth middle in this offense for his second season. And at that point, if injuries don't hit, I don't think he sees a significant roll jump.
0: Uh, Waller's going to lead this team in targets, catches, and yards. Who do you think is going to be second?
1: Uh, You have to hope Henry Ruggs, buddy. I mean, if Henry Ruggs is a (laughs) legitimate piece, a legitimate factor in this offense, a primary factor in this offense, why did you draft him? I mean, what was your goal in drafting him that highly if you were not going to have him as a feature goal? You did not see a lot of scheme targets in his direction, whereas at Alabama he was the primary target on a lot of things, especially at the intermediate and short level. He had a lot of screen passes in his direction, a lot of slants. That's what the Raiders need to do. He should not be – just a deep threat he needs to be utilized at the short and intermediate areas of the field similar to darren waller and let him win after the catch people forget how good henry ruggs was after the catch at alabama i know he's got the speed and everyone saw him as this deep threat but man hit the ball in his hands early get it five ten five or ten yards within the line of scrimmage and i think that will see you know henry ruggs's volume and his production improve
0: on that idea of like second year players that break out what's generally speaking like the year where okay if they haven't broken out by then it's over like is it year two or or like if henry ruggs isn't good this year is there hey some guys break out in year three or year four
1: i mean it's, it's you know depending on situation i know that's a not a great answer but i do think that if henry ruggs isn't getting targeted it's a different situation than he's getting targeted he's dropping footballs and and, and not being efficient with his routes and those types of things it's also is he getting open i mean a lot of people you know, when Amari Cooper obviously had a really good start with the, the Raiders, and then when we started to see production fade, it was when his target rates dropped below 16, 15%. But like you need to target receivers for them to do well. The correlation between yards per route run and target rate is like 0.85. You need to feed them the football. Obviously, that requires them getting open, but if you're not going to make rugs, you know, the first or second target on a lot of plays this year, you're not going to get the volume necessary to live up to that production. You draft receivers highly. Who throws them the football a lot? That's what the Minnesota Vikings did, and he broke Randy Moss's rookie receiving yards record.
3: Well, uh, staying on that fact, then what what are positions uh, that get the longer leash in, in in the league? I mean, beyond quarterback, let's put them put them out. But in terms of second, third year guys, when you're like, hey, it's not working out for you. I mean, where does receivers rank, and what are some positions that they'll last longer on besides quarterback?
1: I think receivers. You look at it second and third year, where you really want to see them hitting their stride. I think for offensive linemen. It could be as late as fourth or fifth year, like that. It takes. It oftentimes takes time for offensive linemen to develop the strength and the maturity to win in the NFL. Tristan Wurst is an outlier. Seeing someone dominate like he did as a rookie is an absolute outlier. We saw it with Colton Miller. It took two years for him to really hit his stride this past year, ranked top 10 in PFF pass blocking grade. Like, that's what you expect from offensive linemen. I think quarterbacks, even though in today's NFL you want to see them do it as soon as week one, I think you have to wait till year two, year three, even year four, before the jury can really be out on them and really where you can really feel confident in what they've done. But even that... Is dependent on situation. How many offensive coordinators did he have? What's his supporting cast like? What's his offensive line like? You know, quarterback's still dependent so much on situation, especially early in their careers. I think later in your careers, you can identify how good a quarterback is like independent of situation. But early on, you need to see them in a good spot to really identify if they'll have success. Four, Four you-
3: years from now, we know if Alex Leatherwood was a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be good for them. <laughs> how long until we find out if Jonathan Abrams is a good yes. pick? <laughs> um, Austin,
0: what do you love about Lane Kiffin?
1: So, Lane Kiffin's my guy. Lane Kiffin deserves another shot in the NFL. He is, as an offensive coordinator, I think he had his most success with Bama and Amari Cooper in 2014, 2015, 2016. We're going to have a lot of success also with FAU. Now he's having success with Matt Corral and Ole Miss. Before Lane Kiffin took over at Ole Miss, they had the 88th-ranked passing attack in the EPA per play with Matt Corral. He comes in for one season. Top 10 in college. Top 10 in college football. Like, that's how good Lane Kiffin is. And I've talked to a lot of coaches – this offseason for my podcast and everyone that's worked with Link Kiffin says he is the biggest innovator I've ever seen. He is changing his plays, you know, two, two, two plays in, he's like we need to switch everything. You know, three plays in we need to switch everything. He is one of the biggest adjusters, not just at halftime, not just halfway through the season, but legitimately inside of drives, innovating and changing things to improve. And I think that's what the NFL needs. That's the offensive mind the NFL needs. I want him to get another shot. Maybe not as a head coach, a lot comes with that, but potentially as an offensive coordinator.
3: Four days away, give us your prediction. Is Aaron Rodgers walking in?
1: No, he's walking in Jeopardy, that's for sure. I do not think <laughs> Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers will not have Aaron Rodgers under center. That is where I'm most confident. Obviously, I'm not 100% confident, but that, given what we've seen, is where I'm leaning. I do not think Aaron Rodgers wants to play in Green Bay so much that he will not play in Green Bay, would rather host Jeopardy or you know, sit on the couch with his new wife and, instead of um, you know moving forward and playing football with the Green Bay Packers.
0: Well, he is Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Austin, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks,
3: Austin.
1: Of course, thank you.
3: Made a uh, made a really good point. We we're saying this yesterday. If it's even, and it, it barely is ever even, because some guy's always better than the other in some form or fashion. But if you have a guy 50-50 and one's vaccinated, I'm cutting the other guy. The- and you know that doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes it. To mean that that literally means I got a team
4: guy versus a. Selfish guy. No. I'm taking the team guy. Taking the team guy.
0: There is uh, an agreement with the Players Association that they will not cut players simply because they aren't vaccinated. Uh-huh. But how
3: would they explain that? Yeah. But you can find I mean, a way. It, it's
0: like yeah, it's if like you're clear. a
3: fringe player, you yeah. can find a way to. You can say, find something on yeah. film where you're like, oh, you missed that block. Yeah. We got to go. You're not
0: cutting DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. No, no but no. yes. If it's a guy, if it's. Yeah, you, know,
3: you, can, you can find a way to if, explain it.
0: If he was, you know, the 47th player on your 53 yeah. man roster, you can say. Well, he wasn't actually good enough to be in the top fifty-three. The guy who was fifty-four was actually better, or something like that. So, but technically, there is a rule that they can't do that. I'd love to see him
3: prove that, unless
0: (laughs) unless it's a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. If it's fringe guys, it's impossible to prove. I mean, you would you would have to have like leaked text messages from the coach and the GM that says this guy's not vaccinated, get him out of here. (laughs) Which, by the way, would be hilarious. Which also would be how they would
4: get caught because for some reason there's this entire generation of people that. Have learned how to use text messages and emails, but have not learned those can be found and used as evidence. Yeah,
0: I can't wait till the cowboys screw up and they say it on hard knocks. Like Mike McCarthy is like just straight into the hard knocks cameras. Yeah,
3: we're cutting that guy because he didn't get vaccinated. It's not why he didn't have a big enough bubble butt. You see, me actually we have no, we don't. He's fine if we're not. He's not vaccinated. We we need the bubble butt. We
4: measured the. Bubble we bucks. measured
3: the bubble butt. It's not big enough. And he's out of here. All right, coming up next. Oh. I don't
0: know what you're giving us for show and tell, but we got a high-card race in about eight minutes.
2: Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know.
4: 702-720-4678.
2: Ed Graney has been a journalist for over 30 years. He's seen a lot of and been given a lot of free stuff.
4: Oh, brother. All right, back to show and tell.
2: Whether it was scurvy or a Padre eating a Snickers bar. Why don't you bring us potato? You're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you? Ed Graney is here to show and tell. I'm gonna show today.
3: Ooh! I got a race in 56 seconds. Okay, I'll do it quickly then. <laughs> no, screw no. you. Screw <laughs> High Guard. Uh,
4: what? No, stop. High guard.
3: Um. No question. Like, been fortunate to cover incredible events like Olympics, NBA Finals, Super Bowls. If I, like, did top three events I've ever covered, I don't know if it'd be one, but it'd be close. Little League World Series with Mountain Ridge. That was the coolest thing I've ever covered because of those kids. I still stay stay in touch with a lot of them. Kid who plays at UNLV, Austin Krizick, still stay in touch with Austin. I think he's going to be a draftable kid here. Still really good friends with the coach, Austin Cave. This is it, man. This is in the office at home the autograph ball of the Mountain Ridge Little League team. Oh, how are those those autographs from 12-year-olds? Well, they're 12-year-olds, so some you can tell, like, just did the cursive, and some said, I'm writing, like, when I get to the bigs, this is what I'm (laughs) going to look like, because I can't read half of them. Those are the kids, like, the the savvy kids who, like, were already practicing their autograph, but this will always be cool to me, because I think the Little League World Series is one of the best things i ever covered. It was awesome. You're telling me, as a member of the media... The team you were covering, you went and asked for autographs I did not i in fact, <laughs> in fact they held a parade. They held a lot of parades, but one of the parades I mean, they one of the was par- this
4: lack of charge?
3: <laughs> <laughs> one of the parades they held i i didn 't you know what I was still in in pennsylvania i didn 't even get back for the one they to cover the one they had when they came back to town, but Heidi Fang. Went to do video at one of these, you know, uh, gatherings the Mountain Ridge team had when they came home, being honored by all these people. And Austin Cave told Heidi, "Hey, give this to Ed." So I never asked for it. I never knew it was coming. And Heidi, the next time she saw me, tossed it. She goes, "Oh, the team wanted you to have this." So, um, yeah, it's awesome. Revoke his credential. No, yes, <laughs> I'll never be in Williamsport again. Were you taking selfies <laughs> with it, the
0: Mountain Ridge never, Little League team? Never, never, unbelievable. Never. So wait, what would be number one? You said it like this would be in the top three, but maybe not number one. What's the number one event you've covered?
3: Either Federer against Andy Murray at Wimbledon in the Olympics, because Andy Murray obviously playing on his home in the in the gold medal match, or U.S. women's soccer. You'll remember this Olympics against Japan in Wembley. Uh, was that the one Carly Lloyd scored for midfield? Yes. Okay. Okay. That was pretty, that more for atmosphere. Those two, Wimbledon, when Murray was playing Federer was because at Wimbledon, because in Olympics you try to be quiet, but it isn't the real Wimbledon was like, Oh my God, you drop a pen. They'll kick you out. Like the Olympics, they allow you to really get crazy. They, they were doing clap. the wave. I mean, it was like, I've never seen a tennis match at that level where people not only cheered, but they were doing the wave. they're going crazy in between points and everything. I thought that was really cool. But the London Olympics, that, and I've told you this before, it had nothing to do with sports, but at the Beijing Olympics, when I went to the Great Wall to see it and to climb some of it, uh, I was able to do so with the Java chip Frappuccino that I bought at the base of the <laughs> the, the Great Wall. And I, I looked around, I'm like, I don't know if this is uh, what I expected from this kind of history, where I'm saying, can I have a Java, grande Java chip with extra uh, chips blended in? That was weird. When are you going to cover – High card, who just came in first place I in the 2200 meters won! at the Atari another Masters. victory. That the is Atari another win Masters. for High card. Okay, the other day you said High card was just 200 bucks. He's now got three wins in two days. What's he worth now? Well, he was, he, we had an offer
0: for 200 bucks, and that guy could go to hell. <laughs> right now, High card, ah, she's got to be worth over thousand? a thousand. It, probably pushing 2,000 with that. I mean, she's won three of her last five races now. Oh. And what one of the other finishes was 12th. Like, she's a superstar now. She wins seven more, and I'm not going to rip you anymore about the name Highcard. Highcard, <laughs> superstar horse Highcard is over here. Wow. Jr. Starkus is watching him. This is great.
3: Starkus is going to probably get lit- probably have his boss say, look, Jr., you yes. watch one more of these races. We're going to have to have a talk. You should be mixing drinks. Here's the problem. Oh, I s- I'm sorry,
0: Greg. Greg's listening to the show. He asked for a link to the race, and I didn't, s- I didn't tweet it out for him. I'm sorry, Greg. I'm not
3: Greg. We've got a uh, movie on Greg, and have a talk.
0: We, we have another one at eight fifty four. You're I running will, her again? Of course. We have another one at eight fifty-four. I will tweet that one out. Did you ahead specifically
3: of time. run this horse a minute before we have to do Olympic updates? No, I didn't <laughs> because you keep them. saying but eight no, fifty four. It's not my job to do
0: scheduling. That is not my <laughs> area of responsibility. I, I they Majority owners <laughs> scheduled them for this time. Perfect timing. <laughs> High card, another win. Man. What a superstar. Three out of five. Yes. Good for high card.